Okay. All right. I'm organized. It's happening. We're making this, making this happen. Cause, cause, uh, cause I, I, you're right. I did have a great night out last night. We had some drinks. We had some laughs. It was a good time. Good. I'm not fully a hundred percent yet again today after my drinks and debauchery last night, which strangely enough leads us directly into our next conversation about college. Right? <laughs> Sean? <laughs> that was quite the intro. Yes. No, I did want to pick back up where we left off in regards to qualified accounts and, uh, we talked about retirement accounts already, so I thought we should well, address hang on, college savings accounts as well. Yes, but you're you're almost as excited as I am, so I gotta I gotta reel you in here, okay? Because we haven't introduced ourselves. So right. thank you everyone again for joining us here on the Truth About Investing Back to Basics. My name is Chris Holling. And I'm Sean Cooper. And we want to talk about college plans what, what? i know this is off topic but it came to mind just now so you we know just how started we, we how, I, how are we off topic already that's my well, job because so i have to do the transcripts right which you know people have said they appreciate which i'm really glad to hear oh when yes. i do the transcripts it, it kind of defaults and tries to separate out the us as speakers oh, but when okay. it says I'm Chris. When you say I'm Chris Holling and then I say I'm Sean Cooper, it always ends up under one speaker. I don't know why, but it's always you that is Chris Holling and Sean Cooper until I edit it. But have you ever considered that maybe we're the same person? That'd be really weird for our listeners. That'd be so weird. That would also require a lot of patience. I'm I'm not that patient to (laughs) go through this. Right, right. I'd be yeah. arguing with myself about using too many numbers and then <laughs> like that, uh, that line with, uh, Robin Williams says, uh, I'd like to talk to you about schizophrenia. No, he doesn't shut up. Let him talk. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. College plans, college plan. Okay. <laughs> Back on uh, topic. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I don't even have a, a cool, neat introduction because to be to be honest, everybody that's listening here, uh, you know, all all six of you, because I think I said last time, like all five of you, I think I think we have grown in our listener base a touch. So Sweet. all six of you. <laughs> I, I think we no with how many downloads per episode. I think we're doing a little little better than that. Yeah, actually, I think we. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I'm not even gonna digging that far but yeah uh we we unless somebody's just wanting to listening to it on like multiple devices because they really love our stuff which if you're doing that you call me because you are my biggest and best supporter just hitting up every, like you're you're hitting like five different platforms and so it looks like five different listeners and i want to be your friend. <laughs> and that's fine <laughs> no i i was gonna say that like the the full transparent version of it is uh I was talking to Sean yesterday, like, hey, we should we should do the next episode. He's like, we should go over college planning stuff. I said, cool. What's that, basically? <laughs> that was kind of and, the gist of it, yeah. Um, and so I, I don't know. I, I could s- throw in this kind of fun introduction and like, well, don't you know that the uh, the best way to blah bitty blah bitty? But I'm I'm learning with you guys, and I'm I'm gonna kind of treat it like I. No, even less than that. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know anything about it. So, Sean, tell us what we're talking about today. Well, there are basically two different types of college savings plans. Most everybody's okay. familiar hold on, with. Hold on, Go ahead. hold on. You're explaining it to me like I'm five. Like, I know that there's two different plans. I thought that was plans. the goal. I, <laughs> that is the goal. That's what we're shooting for here. I get that there's two different types of plans, but why am I planning at all? Oh, yeah, see me reeling you in like that? It really depends on if you want to start saving for your your or your children's continuing education. Cool. So okay. if you don't if you don't have a desire to do that, then this is largely irrelevant. <laughs> no, I think this works well for me cuz I with uh with the new kiddo around, she's gosh, she's 5 months in like a few days, which is wild to me. Now. Yeah. 
Um, and uh, and I do I do think about stuff like that because I I think it's important to have that available or at least at least a good mindset on it. So now that I'm looking at it as someone that's like, hey, I I'm looking ahead. I've got the wherewithal to know that this is going to come up. Uh, and I know that I want to do it. Cool. I want to do a college savings plan. Is that that the proper term for it? Yeah. Yeah, that works. Cool. So I want to do a college savings plan, and now I know why, because I'm really just trying to do it for her. Uh, and now, when I say, "Well, how do I do it, Sean?" then you go, "Well, Chris, as a matter of fact, there are two different ways that you can do it." And I go, "Really? Can you tell me about those two different ways?" And be like, "I'd love to." And then you pick up from there. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the two primary ways, yeah, the one most people are familiar with are 529 plans. Those are state-based plans, not that you have to, are limited to your particular state, but it's offered through the state. Um, most states only offer one, two, maybe three at the most in terms of plans, and they are typically through specific providers like American Funds will have a 529 plan with your state. Um, but anyway, these these 529 plans are college savings plans. They offer a tax incentive for setting money aside specifically for continuing education. And when I say continuing education, I mean higher education. So undergraduate, associates, masters, Etc. Okay. The, and, and so I, I call somebody and say I want to start a 529 or, or what? Uh, in some respects, yes. Uh, one of the – so you can actually do it yourself. You know, jump on, pull up your – you know, assuming you want to stick to your state, which we can discuss why or why not – why or why you wouldn't want to do that. Um, but you can actually just go online, set up an account through one of the provider's uh, Vanguard, American Funds, whoever your state offers. And you can actually do it yourself. You can also call an advisor and do it. The interesting thing about 529 plans is they have not kept pace with the industry. So they are technically still only offered through uh, broker dealers. So, oh, okay. Yeah, registered investment advisors. Um, Anyone doing business strictly on a fee-only basis doesn't have the ability to actually offer to help you with a 529 plan. So like the way I do business, I can't actually help somebody with a uh, 529 plan. And it's just because they've uh, kept that limited to commission-only advisors, basically, which is very strange to me. But that's what they've done so far. Okay. And and so I, I get that you you can't do that on on your end as as how you run your business. But if if you could, and I was talking to you and I said I want to set up a a five twenty nine with you, then you would say okay great this is what we're gonna have to do and what's what's that what's that thing how how are we going to arrange it? You'd literally look up what options are available in your state and then decide between those options which provider is the best for your purposes and realistically there's not a huge difference between the providers except to the extent uh that they the fees that they charge and the investment options that they have available so that's really all you're comparing at that point Um, okay they can be used for virtually any institution okay well and and i I get that. I get that it can be arranged some way, somehow, and you'll see your options, and it and it depends on the person. But like, uh, I guess, I guess what I'm trying to ask that I'm not asking very well is, I say I want to set this up, and then because you're arranging this for me, do I send money to you? That's a a agreed upon amount that I pick, or is this something that? the person I'm working with goes, you expect to see a need for about this much money at this point. Is there any, um, does it work like an investment account where I put a certain amount into that and then it, it grows, uh, ebbs and flows along with the market or what, what is, what does that even look like? Yeah. So it, um, you know, you definitely never send it to me. Uh, okay, like sure. I said, since I don't, I mean, a, my clients never send me, 
their funds directly. They go to the custodian because the custodian. He, yes, uh, typically you use a custodian as a, a degree of separation for purposes of limiting conflicts of interest. Sure. It makes sense. Right. I've just never heard of it, and it makes me think of mopping floors in a school, so I just didn't even have oh, okay. custodian yeah, no, in mind. The, the custodian is the company that holds the funds, so it, it pulls some risk off the table so that you know that your advisor is not somehow dipping into your funds in odd ways or anything like that. Sure. Uh, you know, the the advisor never has access to the funds directly. They, they have you know, on a discretionary account, they have control over how the funds are invested and they can typically pull their fees out, but that's about it. Um, they can, you know, if you call them and say, hey, I need this money, then they can put in a request through the custodian typically to get it sent back out to you. But um, yeah, so you actually send your money directly to the custodian or, you know, with the 529 plan, whoever the provider is, they'll either already have a custodian set up or in some cases they are also the custodian in the case of some of the big broker dealers okay um, but yeah most of the time they're they're using some kind of third party as a custodian uh, yeah i had, i had no idea i just didn't even know that that was a thing so cool yep i'm i'm glad yeah. okay so so the money gets sent to the custodian but when when i'm sending the money to the custodian is that an amount that i'm picking is it an agreed upon amount Correct. that stays the same every month that's entirely up to you okay yeah the only restrictions really so there are some restrictions on 529s as there are with all you know pl- all f- uh investment accounts that the government gives you some kind of tax benefit on they're going to re- put apply restrictions to it So for 529 plans, there technically is no limit on how much you can put into a 529 plan, but because you're typically not saving for yourself, you're uh, saving for a child or maybe a grandchild or, you know, maybe somebody else's child or what have you, the, the only real limits that are come into play are going to be the gift tax exclusion so that's 15,000 annually per person per on each end sending okay. and receiving so you can gift you can gift up to 15,000 to anyone realistically without any type of tax consequence for doing so when, on an annual basis when you're putting all this together do you I, I understand what you're saying about like you're putting it together for someone typically uh do you have to know who you're putting it together for like if i if i knew i was putting it towards whatever i need for for my daughter right now and then just down the road she doesn't need it but the next kid does can i utilize the same funds for her or do i have to go through the process of like closing that account to to get a hold of it does that make sense? I, I don't know. Right. If that's- yes. Yeah. Yes. So typically, so you do have to name someone in the as the beneficiary of the account. However, okay. typically, if there are other members of the family, so say you have a couple of kids, and you open up a five twenty nine for the oldest, and they end up not going to college, so they don't use the the funds, you know, and some of the rules on whether or not you could use it for other continuing education purposes you know anyway assuming they don't use it depending on the plan most of them will allow you to move that to another member of the family okay that makes sense but typically not outside of the family so you do have to be so there are going to be restrictions on that sure yeah yeah that makes sense and then uh because because you're using the word beneficiary if if i set it up and then i was to pass does that automatically go to the person that was listed as the beneficiary or is that more through a a will that needs to get that uh so it's a little bit different with the uh your your college savings accounts in terms of how they're typically titled uh, because typically it's going to be a at least when you initially set it up it would actually be an account that's essentially in your name but for the benefit of your child 
Okay, that's what I wondered. Yeah, so even though they are the ben- they're the beneficiary, but not in the same sense as like your IRA, where you have your or your retirement account, where you have your account in your name, and then your wife is the beneficiary. In right. this case, the the child's the beneficiary, but it, it, she's the benefit beneficiary not to the extent that if you die, she gets it, but you know, when she they reach a certain age, they get it. Right. Right. That makes sense. Okay. So uh, getting back to some of those restrictions. So 15000 a year, it's not technically a restriction on the 529, but anything above and beyond that is going to end up in a, a gift tax that will have to be paid. Um, the So most people view that 15000 is kind of the, the cap on them. With that what said... Is- What's a typical yeah. gift tax like in case I'm I'm deciding whether or not I, I want to take that in consideration? Uh, let me see what the gift tax is currently. Uh, it's not something I keep tabs on. Uh, but the other thing is you can, even though it's 15000 a year, you can actually aggregate five years, up to five years together and make kind of one lump sum if you wanted. Um, it's also, like I said, per person. So if you had multiple kids, you can gift 15000 to each of them, and then your spouse can do the same thing. So it, it, it kind of gives you quite a bit more flexibility in that regard, which is why it's, it's normally not a huge issue. Gotcha. Other thing to keep in mind is, although the federal government doesn't put a, a limit on it, there are lifetime limits that can be that are applied by the state in terms of how much you can contribute for each person's 529. And depending on your state, that ranges anywhere from 235000 to 529000 So. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Pretty generous limits there. And I think the biggest reason they do that is some states actually offer a tax deduction for contributions made to uh, 529s. Uh, not all do, but some of them do. I mean that makes sense because it would you'd pair that kind of like you would with your your Roth IRA or or anything that you're making your contributions to, right? Right, but it's only the the state ta- income tax that it's going to oh okay benefit. So as opposed to the federal, uh, which is again why some states don't offer a necessarily a tax deduction on it because you may not have income tax in your state. Sure, that makes sense. Okay, so then. Then I set this up, and I have the account that's ready to go, and I, I do it through the right approved person that can actually help me out with this, and we agree upon an amount that uh, we calculated, so every month it's going to be that certain amount, and, and I get a tax incentive out of it at the end of the year, and everything looks great. Um, and then when I start putting my money into this account to to go towards the beneficiary at some point, does it match with the market at all? Or is that something that's up to me when I talk to the person and we set up a plan or what? Right. It, it depends on what you choose to invest it in. And again, that depends on what provider you use, what funds they're going to have available. But yes, you ultimately typically will invest it in the market in some way, shape or form. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. So, yeah. Typically mutual funds, uh, occasionally exchange traded funds. Um, but you'll have a basket of them available to you. Cool. All yeah. right. So the, that's so the other restrictions that really come into play are going to be when you actually pull the money out. So the big, as I pointed out, the the state tax benefit for making these contributions is most likely going to be pretty minimal, unless we're talking about some really high income tax states like California, Oregon, Hawaii. So the real benefit to these accounts is on the withdrawal side. So typically, if you if you were to just say open up a, an individual account in your name, and then you were going to use that those funds for college, any gains in that account are going to be taxable as you go along. Whereas with the 529, it's going to grow tax deferred. And as long as the money is taken out and used for qualifying education expenses, it's comes out tax-free oh interesting uh, just just the interest though or well, the whole thing's going to be tax-free because you oh, okay. paid right. taxes on it when you put it in 
right, right. It, it was point. already counted as income. Yeah. Which the flip side of that is if withdrawals are made for any reason other than those eligible expenses, it's going to be taxed at your income tax bracket, plus the IRS is going to tack on another 10% penalty. Right. Okay. So you want to make sure that these funds are going to be used for qualifying education expenses. And and when you do something like that, does it work kind of like an HSA in a way where the the transaction happens directly between this account and say the the college down the road and you don't have a hand in it is that how they monitor that type of thing not necessarily uh you can actually pull it out and then you know submit that you had these expenses uh, or say you had these expenses and then pull it out and identify it on your taxes later so it's not quite as clean in that regard yeah makes sense So the other options for college savings, the ones that are probably less well known to most people, are going to be a prepaid tuition plan, which is going to be similar to the 529 in terms of its uh, who offers it in terms of its uh, taxability or the tax benefits. The big difference is instead of setting up this blanket 529 that allows you to use it for any qualifying education expenses, the prepaid tuition plan is specific to a particular college or group of colleges and those institutions you you literally have to use the money for those institutions otherwise it's basically wasted the the big advantage to it is you're literally paying the tuition up front okay but, but so only you're, you're, to that you're locking location. in today's rates. What? But only to that location. So correct. Like if I wanted to do MIT, then I I would put it towards MIT, and suddenly I thought, no, Yale is a better choice. Then then that's that's my problem because it it wasn't going towards that school specifically. Right. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So the advantage is you're locking in today's rates. Um, you know, you, the, the funds can still effectively grow to a certain degree. It's a little bit different in that regard. Um, but yeah, the, the big restriction there is going to be choice gets eliminated. Okay. So the, is there, is there any opportunity to like transition that at all? Like it, it say, say I go the road of MIT and then it's been five years. So I, I haven't, I haven't utilized any of it. Can I go through the paperwork in order to work on transitioning to Yale and and kind of close the account and, and move it in a way? Or is that going to suffer penalties in order to do so? Or what is it just lost? Like what happens if I change my mind or something? My assumption is it's lost. It's gone. But I would need to look that up. Okay. That's fair. I'll take an I don't know. <laughs> I don't mind that. Yep. Yeah, no, See that? my assumption is it's Chris lost, but asking yeah. the real questions. <laughs> uh, the the final account that you can utilize would be a Coverdell ESA. Okay. With the Coverdell ESA, it's more restrictive in terms of how much you can put into it. So you're you're capped out at two thousand per beneficiary. And you cannot make any contributions after they are 18. Okay. Uh, It also puts limits on income. So for individual filers, and this is 2020 numbers, uh, it phases out from 95,000 to 110,000 in uh, modified adjusted gross income. So anything over, if you make over 110000 as an individual fire, you, filer, you can't contribute to a Coverdell ESA at all. For joint filers, the phase out is 190000 to 220000 And again, the cap, the cap is 2000 per beneficiary per year. So much more restrictive in terms of how much you can put into it and whether or not you can put into it at all. However, it's more flexible from the standpoint of where you can open it how you can invest it and how you can use it. Okay. 
basically with a Coverdell ESA, you can essentially open that up with almost any custodian. So that's something I can even do. Um, they haven't restricted it to commission-based uh, individuals. So it's, it's more flexible in that regard. And because you're not restricted to these specific providers like American Funds or Vanguard, who have some great options, uh, but instead of having you know the 15 or 20 funds that they might have within their the accounts that they've made available to 529s with Coverdell ESAs, you basically have the entire universe of investment options available, including you know the over 10,000 mutual funds, ETFs, stocks, what have you. So a lot more flexible in that regard. Like I so, said, so where you can open it and what you can invest in. Go ahead. Okay, sorry. Just just five-year-old explanation terms. So because of that flexibility, it's offering more opportunity for growth in potentially in interest yes. in that time. Okay, that's what I was trying to figure out. Like if I if I'm a guy that's handing this off to the custodian and I hired somebody to do it, and they're saying, well, it offers lots of opportunities to use these other funds, like. To to me, as the guy that has stuff explained to him as a five year old, like I, I I don't care, just just make stuff work and and make stuff do good things, right? right. But <laughs> well, keep in mind but, the the custodian's not typically going to advise you on how to invest your funds; they're just no, the, the ones holding it. But yes, right? Yeah, no, I I understand right that. I, I was more just expressing that you know why why would it matter that I want more flexibility if if I'm not concerned about you know what what school i'm looking at it's just just my layman's term explanation for me that the the benefit is that there might be better opportunity for the actual interest generated to help with the account to grow correct the other thing that you brought up there is with coverdell esas the what qualifies as eligible education institutions mm-hmm. includes some of like your your technical institutes and things like that it's not just accredited colleges other institutions can also uh you can use the covered lesa funds for other institutions as well you can even use them for uh i believe like education uh k through 12 like private schools or yeah correct yeah so it's far more flexible in terms of how you can use it as well now they've They've been pushing to shift the 529 to be more flexible with how you can use them as well. But at this point, my understanding is the Coverdell ESA is still the most flexible because you can do that K through 12. Um, You can use it for other qualifying institutions after uh, high school that aren't just, you know, your, your qualifying colleges. And then it's a bit more flexible and other qualifying education expenses as well. The, I mean, the final yeah. restriction that they put <laughs> yeah. on the Coverdell ESA uh, okay. is it must be distributed by age 30. So the Coverdell ESA has more flexibility in terms of how it can be utilized since the 529 is just eligible college expenses, whereas the Coverdell ESA can be used for K through 12 expenses and uh, non-college institutions that are uh, post high school. So uh, quite a bit more flexibility there. Although the the 529, they are pushing to be more flexible that way. Right now, the Coverdell ESA is still the most flexible. The one other place where they put more restrictions on the Coverdell ESA is going to be uh, a cap that they actually put on it. And you must distribute the funds from the Coverdell ESA by age 30 of the beneficiary. Oh, oh, of the beneficiary. I was like, oh man, that's that's uh, that's a little much. <laughs> you have to be thirty to spend this. No, yeah, it's this. it's the beneficiary. Okay, interesting. Yep. So yeah, you can't contribute after age eighteen, and it has to be distributed by age thirty. But more flexibility until in terms of how it can be used. Okay, and then still same possibilities of uh, which I mean, granted, we don't have the answer for, but. Same possibilities as the other one, where if it's if it's not spent, then it's possible it's just a, a loss. Yeah, it can be rolled to another family member. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So 
typically that's what you'll see with these retirement accounts is you can typically roll them to another family member. Okay. Um, but definitely not as restricted as the prepaid right. college okay. plan where, yeah, you, you better hope one of the kids decides they want to go to that school. Right. And then the, the tax advantage is basically the same. You there's, there's no, well, I will say that that, that would be one difference that your state isn't going to offer any type of tax advantage for contributing to the Coverdell, whereas the 529 they might. So that's something you want to look into, whether or not the state's going to offer any type of tax incentive for making contributions. With the Coverdell ESA, they will not. But in terms of withdrawals, same basic philosophy where it has to be withdrawn for eligible education expenses. That's just more uh, liberal in terms of what those eligible expenses are. But if you pull it out for any other reason, you know, you pull pay income tax plus the 10% penalty. And just to clarify, because maybe I misunderstood you, that that income tax happens only on the state level or both state and federally? Oh, you mean for contributions? Uh, I Either. I guess I meant on the penalty, but... Oh, on the penalty? No, that's that's going to be on... On both. Okay. Uh, the the 10% penalty is a federal penalty, not a state penalty. Okay. okay. But in terms of the, uh, the taxability on funds that are pulled out for, you know, just the, in your income tax, if you pull it out for fun, for any purpose outside of the eligible expenses, then yes, if you have a state income tax, you're, you're probably going to pay state income tax on that as well. Okay. And so that, so that I understand we, we've got, uh, the the first one, which is the the standard five twenty nine, and then the five twenty nine, you're making the contributions that are going into it. That uh, there's a couple different schools of thought. Oh wow, see, I'm I'm about to get real confused here. Okay, so the five twenty nine that you make the contributions, and then it can only be pulled out to go towards a college, and however you arrange that is is up to you, and you talk to a custodian and all those things, and. Is it the variation of the 529 that makes that uh, that specific one where you can only use a certain school? Or what was the title of that again? I'm just trying to summarize it in my head. The prepaid tuition plan? I Let's see. I'm not sure if it's technically a... There's a prepaid 529, but... Yeah, it's a yes. It's a form of a five twenty nine. Yes. Okay. Okay. So it's a form of five twenty nine. Are Are you saying that like metaphorically, <laughs> or or would I would I contact the person that's running this stuff and say I want a no? It, it is truly a, a form of a five twenty nine. Okay. If cool. you just if you're looking for a prepaid tuition plan, just say that and they'll they'll get it squared away. Okay. If you want a you know, just a traditional 529, people are not going to default to a prepaid tuition plan. Right. Okay. Yeah. You know, they so may present the, it as an option, but you say 529, it's going to, they're going to think the, you know, normal 529, not, not prepaid. Okay. So we got the 529, we've got the prepaid tuition plan, which is a mouthful. Yes. And then, then there's the, how do you pronounce the other one? The Coverdell ESA. ESA. Coverdell. Coverdell? Yes. Coverdell ESA. And that's the one that offers a little bit more flexibility to where you can use other things like, say, mutual funds and the life to have potential growth, potential better better growth. Potentially. And, yes. And, yes. That's and the goal. Some, and ESA, right, for the record, is education savings account. OK. The education savings account, the ESA. And if you have that better growth, then good on you. Otherwise, the main benefit through that is it offers a little bit more flexibility as to what you can utilize it for. Correct. Sweet. Look at us learning stuff. <laughs> okay. Yep, we got there. Okay. What what else do we need to touch on with this? Do we have more that we need to address on this or did I get my 5-year-old understanding hit on this? It sounds pretty good. Yeah, just the the only other thing would be the limits on how on contributions. So, right, and, yeah. which, and and that's that's more dependent on talking to what what depends on your your state, right, on your limitations. Well, the Coverdell is the two thousand okay. annually per per beneficiary. Okay, um, but yes, the the 
lifetime contribution limits are dependent on your state. Yes. Okay. That's cool. for the 529. And, and then and then you make all this magic happen and then you get fancy tax incentives along the way. Well, that's the goal, at least. Yeah. Right? Basically, uh, tax deferral and tax-free when you withdraw it, provided it's used, it's used for the correct purpose. <laughs> that's cool, actually. I've, I, this, this is all... This is all foreign to me, and I hadn't even considered any of this, so I'm gonna have to have to look into some of this. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, I I appreciate you going over all this stuff, and it happy it, to. I, I yeah. I'm trying to think if there's anything else to to touch on that. I'm I'm all good if you are. No, it's a it's a great opportunity to to have a little bit of a a good prepaid plan no just having the funds available to to help out with whoever it is that you're trying to make sure to look out for so that when they when they go to school and they are growing and are looking for that opportunity to do a keg stand i mean study (laughs) and and having having the peace of mind of making sure that you can take care of that person I, i think there's a lot of importance to that and it's just a matter of of what I don't know what, what what's important to you as a listener and to your long-term thing and, and what you want to set up. And, and uh, I, I'm really avoiding going off on a tangent about sending people off to trade school and, and learning a trade. <laughs> um, and if you're, you're thinking about that though, you're, you want to focus on the covered LESA just hey, for the record. That's a cool point. So if I, if I was like, Hey, See, I don't even know if this is going to make it into the podcast. You see how this works? This is great. If if I was like, hey, I, I want to make sure I have money set aside because I want to see my kid go off to a diesel mechanics school because that's a trade uh, that I just thought of, then that would that would sit within your ESA is going to be the most flexible opportunity to do something like that? Yeah, some 529s will allow it depending on the accreditation of the trade school. And whether they're actually offering like an associate's degree out of it or something along those lines, but the the Coverdell ESA is going to be more flexible and more surefire in terms of whether or not it will be whether or not it will work and qualify. Wow, interesting. That's cool. Well, then then that works. There's there's your flexibility options. If you if you, it's each level. Actually, I like that. So if you if you want a lot of flexibility and you don't know how things are going to happen, sounds like the ESA is a great opportunity. Uh, if you have some idea that you the person that you're looking after that's going to head on off to school, I keep thinking like your kid, but you know you might be using it for somebody else. Right. Um, but if for whoever that is, and you know that they're going to go to school and get some type of education somewhere, some way, somehow, then a general 529 is probably a good choice. But if you just, you know that this kid is, is the MIT candidate of a lifetime, then, you know, maybe, maybe getting that prepaid plan is a good way to go. I, I kind of like having all those lined up like that. That makes a lot more sense to me now. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. The the big, the big thing that is often a deciding factor, or the, rather the other big thing that's often a deciding factor between the 529 and the covered L is how much you're trying to put in. If you're looking to put in far in excess of the, the you know $2,000, then the covered L kind of kicks itself out, or you know you 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 cap out the five you know the the covered L at the 2,000, and then you switch over to the 529 depending on what you're trying to achieve. But that that limit can kind of throw out throw the covered L out the window potentially too. Huh. Okay. No, that's that wrapped up nicer than I anticipated it would. Just glad with, to hear with it. A nice little, nice little bow of of three little, three little options in my head. Three, three basic but foundational options. I don't know. Yes. I appreciate you you taking the time to go over that for because I I feel like uh, a lot of the times we go into these things and I have a general idea, but it, it's it hasn't been. <laughs> Except in, in this next season that we'll be hitting where it's going to be me just not having a clue what you're talking about and slowly <laughs> unfolding everything. And this this was a good yeah, That'll be good, too, though, because you can ask me questions that hopefully the listeners would have asked anyway because I 
can go off on my ramps and have a hard time of making it understandable to people that haven't studied finance their entire lives. I was just pleased to ask you a question today and for you to go, I don't know. Yeah, thanks for that. Jeez. <laughs> There's the kryptonite. There's a chink in his armor. He's weak. It's fine. We'll, we'll figure this out. No, I, I appreciate you taking the time to go over that. And I, I hope I hope this was helpful for you, the listener. Uh, and and we're we're coming up on the end of this this season of, of touching a lot of foundational stuff. I don't know if this feels I, I maybe I should have opened with this, but I don't know if this feels like kind of a, a pseudo random episode of where we're talking about taxes and savings and, and investments and uh, just just as far as like retirement plans and stuff and then then we're like oh and college by the way college and and it, it's just I, I imagine it might stick out kind of randomly but the reason that we wanted to touch on this was because once we have an understanding of the direction that you want to go whether it's uh you're, you're getting everything you're getting your feet out under you on the side of uh getting your savings organized knowing where you're going to be taxed on things knowing that you need a spending plan and, and once you've got that organized then you go okay i need to get prepared for the future so now i'm looking at my retirement accounts now i'm looking at uh maybe a college savings plan of some sort these these are my priorities and then you now have a direction to go and then once you have that foundation you can start to build towards that direction and then this following season is where we're going to talk a lot more about the ins and outs of how those things work rather than just just getting started and and having a good framework for everything and understanding everyone and taking care of yourself, it comes after this, that that's when we start to get into what investing is, how, how investing works, and not so much just the how to get started. This, this was the basics part to me yeah. this season. No, really all, all of this stuff is kind of that first level, uh, information because your the taxability of an account and what the funds are going to be used for determine what type of account you want everything else is what you actually invest in inside of that account this is just the umbrella um and i totally interrupted you as you were talking about back to basics which was great and uh, well that's that's what it is is that we we want to touch on this and in, in a back to basics stretch because the fact is is that and I mean, Sean, you can totally correct me if I'm wrong, but the understanding that I have is that when people come to you and they say, I really want to get started on investing, I really want to start moving forward, I want to do great things long term with my money, and they come to you and have this organized, and there's a strong, strong possibility that all these things that we just went over, some people may know some, some may, might not know anything, and this is still important foundational knowledge before Sean can really help you the best that, that he can. And and I, I use Sean as an example. You, like you, you should use the person, the the opportunities that you have that you think are the best thing. I think, you know, if you want to use a great numbers guy, then this this is the guy. Uh, but my point is, is that having an understanding of what's happening and why it's happening and what direction you want your life to go, is the basics to understanding why you want to invest and how you want to go about doing those things. And that's that's what we're touching on because. It would totally be possible that you call up Sean and go, hey, I want to do these things. Be like, okay, well, you still need to understand this other stuff. Right. And you'd be having this conversation anyway. And we're trying to save that here so that that information can go out everywhere. And then you can go, I get it. And now I know what I want to do, why I want to do it. And now we're the, this next step, the the next season is a lot more on the on the how and the ins and outs of how it happens. And that's why why we're slowly building into that stretch. I don't know if that's a, if that's a fair encompassing of of everything, or if I threw you in there too quick or anything. No, that's fair. One of the it's I mean it's really part of some one of the first conversations I have with people is helping them determine what type of account uh, makes the most sense for their their purpose or their goals. And one of the questions I get asked all the time is, well, well which one has the best return? And I'm like, oh, we're asking the wrong question here. The, sure. the type of account has no bearing on your return except to the extent of the the taxability of the account. 
Right. It's the we, investments it, that determine the rate of return. So that is a, a, a next level question after we determine the type of account. If, and uh, yeah. If there was an account that got the best return, period, everybody would just use that account all the yes. time. <laughs> this, there, <laughs> we wouldn't have all these things. We would just have a guy that you call and go, hey, you hear that account that you have? I want in. And that exactly. would be the end of the conversation. <laughs> and, and so once you figure out what's important to you and you get that direction, then and this this may be one of those things that's why we're touching on this maybe maybe setting up a a higher education a furthering of education for somebody that you care about that you that you help take care of that's that's why we do this stuff is that we look into investing we look at personal finance so that you are bettering your life and bettering the life that are around you and that's yeah. that's why this stuff is important so let us know if there are other foundational topics you need us to cover before we get too carried away with the the investing and the the stuff that I really enjoy. He says we, but it's really him. It's just going to be this <laughs> like like a carrot that's in front of a horse and it's just going to ju- just charge forward and he's like what do we mean we get to talk about investing now? Let's do it. And and Heck yeah. Um, if you if you want to talk about foundational stuff because I'm I'm basic. <laughs> <laughs> then yeah, we'll, we'll absolutely touch on those things. And we, we do enjoy the feedback and we, we have been starting to get some a little bit more lately to kind of give us some direction that, uh, I am going to leave out and talk to Sean about here. Cause I just remembered I need to talk to him about that of what maybe future seasons may have in store. Sweet. I don't know why I tried to make a haunted ghost voice. But thank you again for taking the time to want to better yourself and learn about how to really take care of yourself and take care of those around you that you care about. And it's it's kind of a lost skill to try and want to better yourself the way that you're taking the time to do so. Thank you again for joining us today on The Truth About Investing Back to Basics. My name is Chris Holling. And I'm Sean Cooper. And we will have you show up to the next episode because that made sense. Not at all. <laughs> we, will, we will have the next episode show up to... I'm going to stop this button. Podcast disclaimer, disclaimer. The disclaimer following this disclaimer is the disclaimer that is required for this podcast to be up and running and fully functioning and moving forward. This is going to be the same disclaimer that you will hear in each one of our episodes. We hope you enjoy it just as much as we enjoyed making it. All content on this podcast and accompanying transcript is for informational purposes only. Opinions expressed herein by Sean Cooper are solely those of Fit Financial Consulting, LLC, unless otherwise specifically cited. Chris Holling, that's me, is not affiliated with Fit Financial Consulting, LLC, nor do the views expressed by Chris Holling, me again, represent the views of Fit Financial Consulting, LLC. This podcast is intended to be used in its entirety. Any other use beyond the author's intent, distribution, or copying of its contents of this podcast is strictly prohibited. Nothing in this podcast is intended as legal, accounting, or tax advice and is for informational purposes only. All information or ideas provided should be discussed in detail with an advisor, accountant, or legal counsel prior to implementation. This podcast may reference links to websites for the convenience of our users. Our firm has no control over the accuracy or content of these other websites. Advisory services are offered through Fit Financial Consulting, LLC, an investment advisor firm registered in the states of Washington and Colorado. The presence of this podcast on the internet shall not be directly or indirectly interpreted as a solicitation of investment advisory services to persons of another jurisdiction unless otherwise permitted by statute. 
follow-up or individualized responses to consumers in a particular state by our firm in the rendering of personalized investment advice for compensation shall not be made without our first complying with jurisdiction requirements or pursuant an applicable state exemption. For information concerning the status or disciplinary history of a broker-dealer, investment advisor, or other representatives, a consumer should contact their state securities administrator. Amen. <laughs> Button. Oh, that looks significantly better. Okay. Good. Um, uh, red. What? Red. Blue. Yellow. Green. See. Okay. All right. Orange. Purple. Damn it. I think you won that one. Why? <laughs> well, I started with the primary colors and you you crushed it. And then I was like, oh, well, you know what? I'm going to take that to the next level. So uh, orange because red and yellow. And then you're like, oh, purple. Like, oh, oh, green. Oh. Oh, and then and then I I didn't have any more options, so I you won. I appreciate it. I think you had some more options, but thanks. I didn't though, because you got the three: the red, yellow, and blue are primary colors, right? Right. Yes. Green and yellow. Wait, green and yellow. No. Damn it. No. Blue and yellow is green. Red and yellow is orange. Red and blue is purple. So then what? Yeah, that's what I thought. I mean, we could go... Oh, yeah, we'd have to go to, uh, <laughs> you know, beyond the the secondary colors, yeah. But. And I, I, I'm not smart enough for the for the sec- primary, secondary, tri... What's the next level of that? Tri, I don't know. Tri, tri dairy? You should probably look it up. I'm going to look it up. <laughs> I knew you would. Primary... Secondary. What comes after secondary? That's a good way to ask. Oh, you're keeping it broad. You're not just specifying with the colors. Tertiary. Oh, okay. Yep. Core. Good lord. Okay. Primary, secondary, tertiary, quaternary. Quinary, centenary, septenary, octenary, nonanary, and denonary. Okay. Den- den- they kind denary. of stick with the, den- you know, the shapes, basically. Right. Dang it. Tertiary. I never would have gotten tertiary. I like trianary, because then you're actually trying to get that third level. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's how. Uh, that's yeah, we how should I know probably edit that. See, that's that because now I'm forced to edit it. That's how that goes. <laughs> Unless Sean, you forget, and that's going to come out I might really forget. good. I, I, yeah, try and transcribe that. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a couple uh, that I had no idea what to do with. <laughs>